Polywana Podcast is a collection of stories, opinions, and perspectives about polyamory and the polyamorous lifestyle. I'm Britt Vosicek. I'm the host of Polywana Podcast. I'm not a professional counselor, nor am I a professional polyamorous person. The voices you hear, including the host, offer their subjective interpretations and don't intend to convince you or shame you. We're just letting you into our vulnerable and complicated little worlds, brought to you by the Mockingbird Network. Hey guys, this is Britt. Polywana Podcast, coming to you live from Jay Walker Coaching Studios. <laughs> I want to actually make a couple announcements. Um, on March 25th, we will be having a show, a live podcast, at the Rec Room Houston in East Downtown, next to the stadium. There's going to be a live Q&A. We're going to talk about some stuff. There's also an art studio in the same building with some polyamorous art, which is probably two words that you don't hear together often. Um and a lot of really funny performers that are going to be singing and joking about polyamory. So please come. It's on March 25th at the rec room. Uh, the gallery opens at 8 p.m. Show starts at 9. So you should come do that. Johnny will be there. Hey, Johnny. I sure will. And hey there. So at a polyamorous art gallery, are you obligated to love more than one piece of art? Or you're not allowed to have just one favorite? Good joke. Is that how that works? Everybody laugh at Johnny. It was not. Making the joke. It was not a good joke. <laughs> I'm really sad that I made that joke now. No, I like it. Thank you for shaming me. Um, I'll be doing, um, so there's a there's a group for women that struggle with mental health called the Sunflowers. It's okay. like a little community. Here's a little plug for them, even though they didn't ask me. Uh, and one of their meetups is at my event. So I'll be taking through the gallery and explaining the art and like where it came from and how it feels for me. A lot of the art that's in there um, is about some exes and some recent exes, and it's pretty dark and like really yummy. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like some screenshots. It'll be cool. So that's all that. And I'm doing um, a piece at Lone Star College Kingwood called the Human Library. The Human Library. Yeah, where you like stand in a library and people check you out as a book and then you have a conversation with them. It's really cool. You should look it up. I don't remember the dates, but um, I'll talk about it on the next episode when it gets closer. Huh. I know it's not till the end of the month. I know nothing about anything else that's going on in your life, Brett. I know. And I also realize this is why I'm doing this today now because I never plug anything. I like I say. never talk about this. I'm just like, here's once some Polly 101 stuff. And then I just move on. Once again, we are not exploiting this podcast nearly as often as we should. I know. It's unfortunate. I went to Austin this past weekend and did a storytelling show and I did a polyamory story. Mm-hmm. And it was like a non-monogamy themed show. It was so much fun. I had a great time. But I didn't plug that I was doing it. So none of you knew. Tsk, tsk, tsk. Do we have any Austin listeners? If you're in Austin and you're listening, send me a picture of your butt. <laughs> or just wherever you are, where <laughs> in whatever walk of life you you're you're walking. Yeah, you know how like podcasts have like campaigns. Like there's the Whiskey <laughs> Brothers, like and they they get free bottles of whiskey all the time. Just butt pics. That's all we want. Hey, I want to retract that just until we talk about it more because I don't know if I want a bunch of. <laughs> Ah man, come on! You guys, but you have to let you have to know that when you send me those butt pics, like I'm using them for my art. Like <laughs> they're going somewhere. Oh yeah, no, you you fully give your consent to yeah. have your butt exploited. <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> how are you, Johnny? I'm well. I'm hyper caffeinated, and it's amazing. Mm. Like, I'm right at that point where like I'm on the edge of achieving. Who brought you coffee? Uh, you did, my dear. Oh, I'm sure whoever did that is a really great person. Are we going to plug the coffee shop, too? <laughs> we'll just get all that out of the way. No. I need money if I'm going to start plugging all this shit. I was about shit. to say, <laughs> doing all this for free. Oh, so today we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to do another one-on-one episode, because you're not sick of them yet. This one is about <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're not. 
Uh, this one is about uh, the relationship escalator. Ooh. So we're going to tell you what that is and talk about what it does. Do you care to define the relationship escalator? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Um, so the relationship escalator is more of a social construct than anything else. It's a, uh, a set of prefixed standards or, I don't know, it's, it's like a linear progression. It's basically, um, I'm, I'm talking in circles here. It's the idea that relationships have a predefined linear path by which they are determined to be successful. So in other words, you start off meeting somebody and then the next level would be you decide you're exclusive. And then the next level would be they bring their toothbrush over and leave it at your place. And then the next level would be, I don't know, you you get engaged. And then the next level would be you get married. And then the next level would be you have a white picket fence and kids. There's this notion culturally that is largely based on outside influences and that relationships fit into this one-size-fits-all paradigm. Mm-hmm. All the rom-coms. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 yeah, as you, as you've, as you mentioned, um, there, this, this idea is constantly reinforced by religious institutions and your parents and every Disney movie ever. And um, yourself. And, yeah, and yourself. Sometimes. Well, we all participate in it to an extent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The idea that, like, the step-by-step way to perform a relationship is the only way. Um, but... I don't think it's exclusive to polyamory to break that relationship escalator pattern either. I no. think we just talk about it a lot because obviously we're not very traditional. Right. <laughs> um, but I think it's the metaphor of the escalator really speaks to me because like once you get on, like it's just there's no way like sideways, like it just right. takes you up it's and you don't way. take any steps. <laughs> it's a, and that's that's a really important thing to point out because any deviation from the the upward trajectory of a relationship is seen as failure. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you're living with somebody... And they push you down the escalator. Then no. then the relationship is, is a failure, <laughs> and that's unfair. No, that's for example, unfair... if you're living with someone and you decide to, like... Yeah, if you decide to live separately again, for whatever reason, um, that is seen as a sign of failure or a sign that the relationship is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when it may just be that that's the best decision for the two of you. And in fact, it, it's beneficial to your relationship for you to not live together. If you're bad at cohabitating, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Or it's not your preference. Right. It, again, could come down to simple preference. Or, mm-hmm. or just, I don't know, any, any for any number of reasons. But again, the idea, as you said, that it, it, it's, it's, a linear, it's a linear thing. Mm-hmm. And any deviation from that, any step backwards or sidewards or anyways... Um, sidewards, uh, is, is, like is, <laughs> is seen as failure, the scene that the relationship is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. And I think that, so the antithesis of that is, um, how we kind of get that implication of the escalator. Cause once you get on, unless you're a total freak, you don't really take the steps up. You just let it carry you up. Uh, but an intentional relationship, which is the opposite of a relationship escalator, you make decisions about where it's going to go next. But when you're on the escalator, the escalator makes those decisions for you. Um, so you could be totally tuned out of a relationship and these things can be happening like without you really noticing because they seem so normal. I think that creates a lot of tension in relationships. Um, like that feeling that you wake up and you're like, why is all of her shit here? You know, like 
Mm-hmm. That, you know, just being on that escalator and not making intentional decisions can lead to like a lot of, you know, problems in a relationship. Sure. So like um, an extreme version would be an arranged marriage. Oh, yeah. Which is just where the two people that are involved in this marriage have no choice or autonomy. Um, and they're mm-hmm. just they're just you're going to be in a relationship now. I mean, and that that that's, again, an extreme version where like you don't even decide to be in the relationship much less the direction that it's going to take mm-hmm. um and and again that that feeds into the cultural expectations behind it your your parents choosing your partner for you um mm-hmm. but but a, a pretty key indicator of the relationship escalator is a lack of autonomy and a lack of choice so if at any point you're in a relationship and you find that things are happening that you're not necessarily choosing or that you feel pressured into mm-hmm. you're probably being subjected to the relationship escalator yeah. Or if you feel pressures yourself to do and behave in a certain way, you know. Right. It's all very internalized. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm having, like, flashbacks to all my <laughs> <laughs> relationship escalator fiascos. Oh, man. This is life, right? Yeah. I do think I still find myself out of um, convenience and habit and comfortability just like stepping on the escalator on accident, you know, but some of those steps, I mean, I think that, so like there's, I can be on the same path as the relationship escalator, but I'm taking those steps, you know, like physically, but if I'm not thinking about it, then it's no longer intentional, you know, like I can intentionally do the same thing, like the toothbrush at the house, the engagement, the marriage, the kids, you know? Sure. And I think the common example of, um, intentional relationships, uh, that occurs in monogamy, often is when you have kids before anything else happens and you kind of do some catch up, you know? So it happens all the time. You know, you make an intentional decision to, to, um, have a kid now or to never get married, you know, little things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So an intentional relationship by contrast would be one where both parties exercise choice and autonomy and make decisions that aren't, necessarily what is culturally expected but that are in the best interest of both parties Mm -hmm. so whatever that is for you whatever decision that means yeah um so you sit down in a circle you light some candles yeah you talk about it it's the only way to do that (laughs) yeah and it requires a lot more communication you know like it requires a lot of because you may be on a different step than your partner you know or want a different step than your partner right and so there's going to be, it's still, I mean, no, nothing's perfect, you know, saying that you're not on the escalator doesn't make you the god of relationships because you can still like fuck up pretty bad. <laughs> sure. I, right. I would say the relationship escalator probably isn't easier, but it's definitely simpler because there's a lot of things you can just assume, you know, you can assume that yeah. we're going to the next level now, uh, but it's also incredibly like arbitrary like you have to interpret all of these things he left his toothbrush over here what does that mean oh man he he must think that we're x y and z oh god and i don't know man it just it's 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 crazy to me i to think that i used to to think in those terms um but yeah so alternatively it would be you know going to your partner and asking them and saying hey i'm thinking of leaving my toothbrush here not because I'm I'm trying to be manipulative or or drop hints, but because 
it makes a lot of sense for me to do that because I'm over here a lot and I need to brush my teeth sometimes. <laughs> um, I keep guys. I keep a ta- travel toothbrush in my purse at all times <laughs> so that I never even have to worry about that particular step. <laughs> that's, that's a really good idea. Actually. I can pull it out at work and shit. Like. <laughs> I should probably do that. I just secretly use my partner's toothbrushes ah! and never tell them. <laughs> now they know. I don't, I don't do that. That's gross. I'll make out with you, but like hell, I'm rubbing your toothbrush against my teeth. That's, just, <laughs> that's, that's grody. Is that grody? I mean, I I think so. My mm. partner kind of disagrees with me. Yeah, I would do it. I would use a partner's toothbrush. No, never. Why? I'm what? judging you. Wasn't there an episode so of Seinfeld hard. about this? Wasn't I this already covered? No, no. It was because they dropped the toothbrush in the toilet, and he. Mm. Uh, I think I, that's. I think that's the one I'm thinking. That's a about. part of the episode, but I think the beginning of the episode. Oh, you're right. You're totally right. He like it was because he dropped his toothbrush Man. in the toilet. I just lost some or major Seinfeld like cred. Yeah. I feel my parents are would be rolling over in their grave if they were dead, but <laughs> they're just rolling over in whatever they're laying down on right now. That's a good line. Yeah. My parents would be rolling over in their grave if they were dead. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark. Um, when I was in Austin, we got ramen for brunch, mm-hmm. and we were like arguing about Seinfeld. I w- I say we. I was not in the argument. They were like. You witnessed like, an argument about yeah. Seinfeld. And we went through and we looked up all of Kramer's jobs and like what he did. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. The list is extensive. Yep. It's insane. And yep. some of those, <laughs> it was really funny to reminisce. <laughs> so, anyway. um, <laughs> so speaking so of escalators, anyway. <laughs> we are being really intentional gonna... with this episode right now. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, so we, we've, we've, I feel like we've pretty well fleshed out the, the major differences between the relationship escalator and um, an intentional relationships. How do you, how do you identify which one of those things you're doing? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. You don't. No, I mean. <laughs> no, I think the, the major part is communicating to your partner that like, Hey, I want an intentional relationship. Let them know that you know what that is and you want them to know what that is. And then like, say like what steps you want to take. I think the problem is like you don't know what steps you want to take until you're in it, you know. And so like if you have that feeling like, hey, I'm thinking that, you know, I would really like to, um, I don't know, have have you come meet my parents? And like that's a huge conversation. Whereas in an escalator thing, it's like, hey, I think it's time to meet my parents. Right. But an intentional relationship, like you talk about why you think it's important, how you think it'll benefit you. um, not just because like you've reached that mile marker, you know. That's one of the things that I find most fascinating about this topic is figuring out like how do you how do you divide everything you've ever been told about love mm-hmm. and relationships and all of these outside influences versus what you actually want. Because that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about the relationship escalator being cultural influences and your parents and all of these outside influences telling you how your unique relationship should go mm-hmm. versus an intentional relationship, which is you deciding based on what will make you happiest in the relationship. I think it's a lot more difficult and nuanced to divide those things. So in the example you gave, going to visit your parents, like how, how, could, how could I possibly know if I'm doing that to make them happy or to make my partner happy or to make me happy or some weird combination of the three or because Walt Disney, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or meet the Fockers. Yeah. Or that. 
you know, all the all the all the media stuff. Yeah. But it's I think that's the thing is that you really don't like I think that I've had and talking about it can help because I've had experiences um, where I I'm like quick to cohabitate and that's very non relationship escalator. Um, but to me, I live in a severely to the point of detriment trial and an error type, um, you know, relationship brain. So what I do is like, I ask why I want this. I ask my partner why they want that. If they want that, I think with the example of meeting the parents, like there is a point where you will say to yourself, man, I've been together with this person for a while. Like, I think it's about time that they meet my parents. And that might be because you genuinely like really care about this person and you really care about your parents and you know that your parents will love this person and you know that this person will love your parents. And so there's all these reasons behind that. Um, so even if the catalyst was kind of this sort of internalized relationship escalator, like, oh man, they haven't met my parents yet. Probably time to do that. You know, even though that was the catalyst, you have an intentional purpose behind it. If you have that catalyst, like it's about time and you still don't want them to meet your parents, then make the intentional decision to not. Right. You know, maybe even bring that up. Tell your partner. Well, you mentioned earlier, and I think it was a really good point, that um, it's it's okay to do the things that are commonly incorporated into the relationship escalator if that's genuinely what you want. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the toothbrush thing, meeting the parents, moving in together, all of these things are fine. And it's okay for there to be, I mean, generally speaking, there is an upward trajectory for relationships. Generally speaking, you do establish more trust and more boundaries are lowered and mm -hmm. you may you may cohabitate. Um, and there's nothing inherently wrong with any of those practices as long as you're doing it for you. You're doing mm -hmm. it for you and the relationship because it's genuinely in the best interests of the relationship and not just because you feel obligated to. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that obligation part is kind of where it can get a little sour. For yourself and for your for your partners, for sure. And I think it would be difficult. I'm trying to imagine like a polyamorous relationship that's on the escalator, and there's like four people like trying to fit like on the same step. That doesn't work very well. Well, I mean, I think I think uh, all the, the polyamorous community is probably more used to defying boundaries and expectations and social norms. Um, I think it's possible. I think um, people that get into poly and then dive straight into a triad mm -hmm. uh would be would be an example of that just because they feel like that's what they're supposed to do because that's yeah. what they think poly looks like i guess there is like a, a separate escalator yeah it looks a little different than what we would think of as a monogamous escalator I, I think it's possible for for some amount of that to carry over into poly sure i think that it's possible for you to have preconceived notions about what poly is or isn't and you follow know. follow along those guidelines instead of just doing what what you feel is best. Interesting. Yeah. Profound. Really breaking barriers. I've never I've never thought about it like that. <laughs> Man. Now I feel less punk rock because I did drive dive straight into a triad. Well <laughs> All right. I'm not No, I'm kidding. I know. I'm not know talking smack, mean. I'm just saying <laughs> You know, but that is Cause true. Because I, like I did I did too. Like yeah. I did when I when I first got into it I I did the same thing. Um I think it's I think it's more common than than not, honestly. Yeah, because we do kind of oh, excuse me, yawn. Uh, we kind of do what we feel is comfortable or right, you know, um, and we do have this sort of like upward um, goal that we've been taught, and so we can kind of try to simulate that pattern in the 
in the poly world so that we feel like we're doing it right. Like, you know, we want to do it correctly and safely. Um, But I mean, there's still a way to, uh, to make sure that you're really close to like your intention, you know, Mm -hmm. and what you want and what everybody wants and not just what you think is expected or what's ready, you know? Yeah. It can go in a lot of different directions. So what kind of conversations could we have to help foster an intentional relationship? Have you had any any conversations like that in recent memory or mm. Yeah. Yeah. No. All right, <laughs> we don't have to go there. Yeah, it's a little rough actually because and here so here's a good example. I'm not going to talk about the actual problem. <laughs> yeah. Um but there can be a situation where there's like a step that you are intentionally ready for and your partner isn't, or vice versa. There's something that your partner, a step that your partner wants to take that you're super uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that can create a unique kind of friction that you don't experience in the relationship escalator. Which for me, I've been, so up until poly life, I was a relationship escalator kind of person. And so, like what you were saying about how any other step can feel like a failure, that pattern kind of carries over into my my current self. Mm. Um, So having to reject someone's invitation to take a step even though it seems like we're ready and even though I really love them and I want them to be happy if I'm not in if I'm not ready to uh participate in that um it kind of hurts it feels like I'm doing something wrong a little because I'm not sucking it up and suffering for them you know um but it's you, you have to understand yourself enough to know like what your boundaries are yeah um so that might be something, I mean, ideally in every relationship, you guys are all holding hands and you take those steps together and it's all, you know, like, oh, you ready for this? Me too. Let's go. You know, but that's not always going to be the case. And I think that I just, I think recently I found for the first time that that is uh, something that can happen, you know, sure. and it's a little feelings hurty, but it's also just like this, like kind of like shame feeling like, oh, I'm so dumb. Like, of course. You know, I'm just so attached to that escalator that I feel like it's going to be, this is the end of the world, you know, mm-hmm. if they're not ready for something or if I'm not ready for something. So. Was that insightful enough? I feel like I'm vague booking. That was, that was pretty vague, but you know, <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. And there, there is a tendency towards shame or feeling like you're doing something wrong mm-hmm. if you're, I don't know, but I mean like whose, whose expectations are you not living up to in that situation? Yeah, I wouldn't say, I think like I'm doing myself a service by being firm about my boundaries. So the expectations that I'm not meeting are the expectations of the, you know, relationship gods Yeah. that are, you know. <laughs> so say we all. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, all the, all, the media, all the internalized stuff that I've been told about relationships and what has to be. Mm-hmm. But it feels good to listen to yourself. Yeah. And to know yourself. It's so important. Mm. I feel that eat lots of cake, do some yoga, figure it out. There you go. Those those two things really pair well. <laughs> um, so for me, um, probably the best example is, uh, so for, for my partner and I, we are very careful. We, we're, we're both uh, children of dysfunctional marriages. Um, and so one of our... I, I, I don't want to call it a fear, but probably like we, we are 
concerned about being in relationships that are unhealthy or abusive or do not serve the other's interest just because what else are you supposed to do? Get a divorce? Break up? No way. Um, mm-hmm. So we regularly, whenever we have a fight, we ask each other, is this relationship still a net positive for us? Is this still good for us? And so far it's been yes every time. But that's an important practice for us. It's important for us to, because it helps frame our disagreements when inevitably we do come into conflict. It helps to remind us that that conflict isn't the death knell of the relationship. It's not Mm -hmm. so bad that we are going to terminate all of the good things about about the relationship. Um, And then beyond that, you know, we... We just don't take anything else for granted. Any any major decision we make, we make sure that it's serving our individual interests, if not, you know, the interest of the relationship as a whole. Whenever we have to make a compromise, and that and that's really, I think, what it is: is whenever you have to make a compromise, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because of the relationship, or are you doing it because you have this weird, pre-programmed idea that that's what you're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you don't really think about it in terms of what you want. You just think in terms of, like, what should happen. Right. Yeah. That's really awesome that you do that. Must be nice. It's okay. <laughs> we're, we're overly rational and cold. We're very robotic. Um, but I like that. It's very stable. It's comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> that is good. No, that's super good. There's So, in therapy, I'm working through some stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um... There's the idea of like patterns that carry over from when you were a kid because like you had you needed them to like cope or whatever. Um, so a lot of behaviors, normally things that are toxic, come out because you have been doing it for so long to protect yourself that you don't really realize that this situation isn't the same as what it was when you were younger, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really interesting dynamic to kind of see that in like a minute in a minuscule way, not minuscule because it's grand. But in like a little, you know, cutway where it's in a relationship, like these are the things that have happened in your previous relationships. And so now in this relationship, sometimes you'll just, you know, take that other step or you'll make a compromise that you're not ready for um, instead or just sit on the escalator because escalators have worked out for you so well for so long and you don't really think about changing it. So you kind of like lock yourself into this, you know, thing without I think once you pull yourself into an intention, you'll you'll realize like, oh. What was I doing that whole time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm getting a little wiggly. Hold on. (laughs) So any closing thoughts about the relationship escalator? Advice, (sighs) anger, arguments? I mean, it's, it's difficult to overcome, but it's really worthwhile. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, and it, and it varies from person to person. You know, everyone has had different, well-intentioned or not different influences and sources of you know cultural programming in their life so it's a matter of identifying those things and and asking yourself well why you know why is it that i think boys have to wear blue and girls have to wear pink why is it that i think that you know the the man has to be the initiator in these relationships why do i think that we have to move in together why can't we be happy and live separately 
Um, why do I feel like I have to be jealous when my partner's talking to somebody else? All of these things um, that inform your behavior or the way that you treat your partners. It requires a not insignificant level of introspection. Yeah. Um, Even that simple why. Yeah. Just gets left out so much. Mm-hmm. Mm, how beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to hear you guys email me sometimes, but normally you just email me complimenting me, which is cool. I like that. But I want to hear like your stories. I feel like relationship as leader is a good one to hear about because it's like, I don't know. I, I expect a lot. I anticipate a lot of turmoil in that, you know, like coming to realize because like for us, I for me, I hear about it in a support group and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. And then I do. But for other people that discover it organically, I can imagine that that's like a really different situation. Um, so that would be interesting to hear about. That's super cool. Right. I, I definitely, I had never really considered the concept before somebody introduced it to me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I would, I would be interested in hearing about that too. Yeah. And like specifically what steps you took to overcome it or or to become more intentional in your relationships i would love to hear about that yeah Mm -hmm. super cool thank you to all of our listeners it's been really cool oh to just be alive and be poly as hell and um to be able to share the experiences with you Mm -hmm. i um want to thank mockingbird network there's some crazy stuff going on at mockingbird right now go to the website check it out Brenda, my producer, is the bomb, and she's making a lot of really cool stuff for you. We're about to get, we're about to get um, a lot of new shows. So if you haven't been going to the network and checking out other shows, definitely do because they're all wonderful and great. And I would consider Relationship our sister show. They do like a relationship podcast. It's very funny. There's an episode with me on it if you want to go listen to that one. But there's also a lot of other episodes um, that are worth giving a listen. So thank you to the Mockingbird Network. Our sponsor, the Houston Polyamorous Organization. Go check out the content on their website. And um, Jay Walker Coaching for sponsoring this episode by hosting it in his closet. Hooray. <laughs> and if you like if you like Polyamorous Podcast on Facebook or Twitter, um, I don't think I have a Tumblr, but I don't think I need one. Um, <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> it's, that's a lot of work. So um, go like us um, so that you can keep up with episodes and other uh, content and stuff. I like to share just stuff that's going on in Houston and in the news so that you can keep clicking to your heart's content. Uh, also, while I'm thinking about it, and, and it occurs to me I haven't done this yet, but if anyone's interested in meeting publicly and talking about polyamory, come to the Polyamory Peer Discussion Group at the Montrose Center um, every Monday night at 7 p.m. We're on the first floor. You'll walk right past us. Um <laughs> It's a great place, and I, I, I'm one of the lead facilitators, um, and, and we talk about all of this stuff and more if, if you're interested in meeting some cool, like-minded people. Yeah, if you're in Houston and you need info, definitely go. I'm not there often because I work on Mondays, but ugh, I wish I could be there more. But definitely go. It's a valuable resource. That's how we all get there. Mm-hmm. So, not all of us. Um, so, please check us out on the internet. Please come to the show. Come to the show oh, on the yeah. 25th. Live I want you show. there. Did I say March 25th at the beginning of the episode? I don't know. I think I did. It's no, February 25th. I, either Whatever. Way. February 25th, <laughs> 17. Yeah. Please come to the show. I really want to see you there um, and answer your questions and share my art and the art of the comedians with you. Um, and thanks to Rec Room for having us. 
So thank you guys for listening. I love you. Bye. Mockingbird Network.